some uh, really tune in to UFO Undercover Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern with your host Joe Montaldo right here on the Paranormal Radio Network. Well, you drove out there into the middle of nowhere and had some sort of loud verbal display challenging E.T. in general out oh, in the yeah. middle of nowhere? Oh, that's what I was doing. I actually had a uh, pistol in my hand at the time. Um, I was really kicked off. When I was having this fit, I, had, I was waving the gun in the air, okay, and I had this fit. And at this moment, I said, okay. Undercover with your host, Joe Montaldo. <laughs> Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of UFO Undercover. Hope everyone's having a great evening, great morning, or great afternoon, wherever you are on our beautiful blue planet. And no, you cannot write to me like you do on Saturday night because this is UFO on the cover, so we're not even, you know, I, I warn you all ahead of time, I'll just close my IMs. Um, it gets a little crazy around here some weeks. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, there's been a lot of stuff going on both with both shows. I mean, uh, UFO on the cover has been getting a lot of attention, which is really nice, and um, we've been picked up by about another eight or nine FM station. I think it puts us on a total of 48, 49, something like that now. So I'm happy with that, and... It's actually making a couple of pennies, which makes even me more delightfully happy. And then I found out just recently that news on the flip side is being carried by an FM station out of New York City. 
can't tell you how I found out because you'd never believe me if I told you. But it was it was the damnedest thing. Uh, it just was the damnedest thing how we found out about this. And uh, and, and I tell y'all what, I will tell you this much: if uh, what we have in the works all works out, then I'll tell you exactly how we found out. But it was it was a strange thing. But still, it was a very pleasant surprise. Um, the the funny part was is um, I guess someone in New York heard us talking about him via while they were driving home and decided to write in and tell us about it. Um, so what can you do? <laughs> it's just one of those things. Uh, but I gotta say I have a lot of fun doing both shows. It's a lot of work. And remember tonight, Perspective X is going to be following us now. We have a show that actually follows me on Wednesday. I tell them two women all the time, Stephanie and Jill are very brave because. It's rare that I end the show on time. <laughs> and they will also be joining uh, Karen and I in a few minutes. And tonight's guest is going to be Karen Dolan. Uh, if you're not familiar with Karen, but now shame on you. She's been on the network forever. She's been on my show many, many times. Uh, I actually am more of an expert in the child part of ufology than something that she's involved in. Um, because, frankly, she was the only one brave enough to tackle it. And, anyway, before I let talk, uh, let me say something. It was probably better for Karen to broach this subject than, say, you know, one of the old guys because there may have been some really involved or something. So, uh, no, I don't. I mean, uh, y'all don't take that out of context, but you know how the world is today, and I think this was a much safer, much more uh, better approach. Karen's children are out there; uh, they're known. They, they've been on the shows. They're well-adjusted children. Anybody who's listened to Karen and them talk knows that. So, I thought she was the perfect person to broach this, and we will talk about that. A little later in the show. So, Karen, how you been? <clears throat> Good. Thank you so much for asking me on the show tonight. Oh, well, I've been wanting to talk to you just to catch up and see what the hell we'll do on the air. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I tell you, we do this a lot, um, especially with ICAR. We'll have directors meetings live on the air. <laughs> <laughs> the only way yep, to talk directors in one place. And besides, there's yeah. not much to hide. So. Well, Joe, I, I did want to say, you know, you brought up, um, some points about how I got involved in, you know, dealing with the whole question of UFOs and kids. And um, I'm, I didn't know why nobody else picked that up, but I think it just didn't occur to anyone. I think I was just the first one who noticed it. And probably because, you know, I'm one of the few people in the field who had little kids at home while I was reading all these books and doing the research at the same time. You know? Well, that probably uh, helped, too. It's um... Yeah. I mean, the whole thing that I got was, like, in the evenings I'd be reading other people's books on the UFO field because it was all brand new to me. And then in the mornings I'd be home with my kids watching Sesame Street and Teletubbies, and I'm looking at Teletubbies thinking, oh, my God, they look like aliens. <laughs> you know, and I'd, I'd go to conferences and they'd say, gosh, you know, don't you think that Teletubbies look like aliens? And people would be saying, the Telly what? Yeah, and I'd go to, like, playgrounds and playgroups and say, don't you think the Teletubbies look like aliens? And they'd be like, Aliens? What? I was like the only person who had this sort of crossover. Yeah, well, because you know, I used to get in trouble for that, by the way, the Teletubby thing, because it's part of what we talk about when we talk about desensitization. It's one of the ones we use is the Teletubbies because, uh, I mean, come on, these are aliens with television teaching our children. <laughs> I mean, come on, you yeah. can't ask so much. That's another reason I was glad to see you pick it up because we had been griping about stuff like that for a while, but. I'm not getting involved with any of that, and frankly, I, I hate to say this aloud, but on on ICAR, mainly anybody under the age of uh, 17 that contacts us, there's three directors that deal with that. Uh, by the way, all three of them are women, by the way, just so y'all know that none of them are men. 
And uh, why? Because trust me, there's reasons why. But uh, it's it's first off, I got to be honest about this, especially with young kids. I I find a lot of times they have an easier time talking to a female. They feel safer. You know, maybe it's the mother thing. I'm not sure what it is, but they feel safer. They're more open about it, and uh, they'll talk to a woman a lot more, a lot of times much deeper than they'll talk to a man about it. And Frankly, I think parents feel more comfortable leaving their child with a woman by themselves to talk than with a man. And I know it's a double standard before anybody writes to me, okay? I'm not saying that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just trying to say we're making this as, as, as comfortable for everybody out there. And Ken was a good logical choice. But besides, when I heard her speak at Roswell, I quite enjoyed it. Um, I thought she was right on the money. So. <laughs> and you probably heard my first one, right? Yeah, I think it was the first one. Um, and I, I was dying up there. I'd never spoken in public before. <laughs> Don't you love that? Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I don't remember the fun, you know. I don't remember I, the first I, one. I had a lot of people that. come up to me afterward and um, thank me for it. And you know, they said, "Wow, I never realized." So that was kind of cool that a lot of people really took that seriously. And the the neatest thing was that I spoke there again the next year. I did two years in a row in Roswell, and the second year I spoke on the same thing, but I added more material because a lot of people wrote to me and called me up and said, have you seen this, have you seen this? So I had a lot more stuff to put in the uh, presentation. And one man came up to me afterward, and he said, I saw your talk last year, and I took the DVD home, and I watched it over and over and over. And he said, I'm a cop, and I work with um, you know, crimes against children. And he said, I went through this DVD, watched it over and over, and I checked everything like I was checking evidence for a court case to see if it was admissible. And he said it was. Like, I didn't find any holes. And I was so glad that he did that and that he told me. And, you know, if you found gaps, I'd want to know about that. But I just it felt like that was such great validation that there really was something worth looking into. It's always good when somebody validates your work. I got to say, it's it's uh, mm-hmm. it's always a pleasure when someone checks up. But you know, it is something that we preach all the time. You know, follow up, do your homework, don't believe what you hear, and you know, go look it up for yourself. It's mm-hmm. it's it's so much better of a way to to live. And yes, uh, uh, John, I seen that that I am, and and I and I agree. I mean, you have to live in an open society today. And yes, our media is tainted these days. Okay, but that's yeah. we're not getting into that, guys. I quit. What I tell you, I just now before we even get started. Yes, the media is tainted. It is tainted against ufology. There's, there's no mm-hmm. argument there, and, and they do tend to look at us in a rather, how can I say this politely, uh, um, a whimsical view. How's that? Yeah, there's always a chuckle at the end. You know, they'll report the UFO stories, but there's always the little chuckle like, well, we don't really take this seriously, but, you know, it's in the news, so we'll pass it on. Well, it's like the NASA. You know, we got a poll up on the News on the Flip Side side right now about. I decided to put this on there. This is extraterrestrial questions, by the way, and it's because that's a non-ET audience. So I put it up there and I said, uh, you know, how many people think believe in the ET? About thirty percent is what we're finding so far. I think about four hundred people have taken the poll, three hundred people, something like that, and about thirty percent says they believe in ET. But the poll below it says, do you think there's intelligent life in the universe? Or in a galaxy, actually, seventy percent says yes. <laughs> cool. So I'm a little confused here. So yeah, they just don't want. As long as ET's not here, we're okay with it. Yeah, funny. It's uh, well, yeah, it's, it's scary to a lot of people. 
you know, yeah, yeah to think that there's life somewhere out there is fine, but did they come here? Uh, <laughs> a lot of people don't want to get into that. They, well, you must see that a lot with your work in ICAR. Oh, yeah. Well, people are, and a lot of people are scared of their own shadows, and, and there's so much going on today. And then right now in the United States, since there's such a, there seems to be such a split in the country, it's making it hard on everything because, um, see, fortunately for the paranormal fields, exoteric stuff, ufology, uh, witchcraft and all, the political data, because I've got friends on both sides of where I'm at, Politically, mm-hmm. which is amazing to me, to be honest. <laughs> and, uh, but still, you know, they're both that. But and we can argue all day about politics. But when it comes to doing what we do, you follow, it all goes to the wayside completely and utterly. It it's, it's yeah. never gets in the way of what we're doing. And it's always bothered me that we can do that. The field that gets picked on probably more than any others, but none of the rest of the fields seem to be able to do that. They they they, they don't seem to be able. To set their politics aside, it's like they have to hold a personal grudge, uh, even yeah. doing something. So now well, I, we did, we yeah. saw a lot of that in the UFO research field several years mm-hmm. ago. I sure. Remember, it. it was oh my gosh, I was on all these email lists, and all these people were. I, I would get emails about news in all these different UFO-related fields, and at one point, I remember like five of these email lists were just filled with personal attacks. Mm. Yeah, and, that, and that's what they were. I mean, there was oh. tons of them. And, and I still see it every once in a while, but, you know, there came a point, because it's one of the things that we, you know, when I took on Wake Up USA, it was one of the things we wanted to help change is to get the field, at least if they were going to do inside fighting and keep it inside. <laughs> you know, let's, let's not broadcast yeah. it all over the whole world while we're doing it. But then, you know, everybody started, and, and, and matter of fact, when I talked about Richard about this, I think he was like my seventh interview I ever did on Wake Up, maybe my tenth. And this subject came up. We talked about, uh, you know, well, ufology's got to do something. We're just going to all have to learn to d- agree to disagree. And, you know, everybody's been saying it basically for about 10 years now. And I think it's finally, finally starting to, to sink in a little bit. Um, because a lot of people now agree to disagree. And there's a lot of new people in the field, too. Um, I, I don't. I wouldn't say young people, but I'd say new people. <laughs> They're still yeah. not big enough influence of young people. Well, I think that happens a lot, don't you? That people start to pursue this field of research after maybe they've retired from their day job. I mean, I see a lot of people it's who safer. are interested, but they won't really get involved in it because of their work. Yeah, because you know, you're like, not oh, I can't let anybody in my office know I'm into this, or yeah. You know, but, but and, and once you, they retire, it's like now I'm out of it. Now I can really start going to the conferences and. And that's the thing. If, if I could retire right now, I could probably triple our presence in the field and, and, and in the media. But I'm not even sure if that's a good thing. But uh, it would be easy to do. But now I still got to work for a living. It's another reason I'm kind of skeptical about doing certain things on TV or, or certain things on radio. It makes me a little nervous, you know. I know I, I know that I, I'm involved in ufology. Most of my customers do, but still, mm-hmm. <laughs> it always in the back of my head makes me a little nervous. Um, yeah. Well, I know. I let it. I mean, the people I work with know about it too. But I've had different jobs in the past, and I've had some where I got a lot of eye rolling, a lot of teasing, and I just. You know, had to just learn to let it roll off. Well, you know, McDonald's. So it's been good for me. They 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 let me go because I believed in ET. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, actually, not actually why they let me go. They they let me go because I believed in ET, but it wasn't because of that. I said, uh, "What the hell was it?" I said that day. Uh, I wasn't even on the clock either. 
Oh, I said, I, I said, I said it was quite possible that Jesus was an alien in his, as much as he was our savior. <laughs> and uh, now, well, funny part was they never would tell me why they had given me a raise the day before. I said this a raise the day before, and the day after they came in that which was Memorial Day, by the way. And I said, we don't need your services anymore. We're going to let you go, and we're going to give you. Uh, I think it was like two months severance. And still to this day, if you call them, they give me an outstanding recommendation. Outstanding. You think I was the pristine child. Um, but finally, I got one of my friends over to tell me, you know, what the hell happened. One of the other managers, and uh, and they, you know, hey, and I should have known better. They were very religious, <clears throat> the group that I'm no. very religious, yeah. religious. And but still, you know, I should have sued the hell out. Is what I should have done. But it was directly related to that. And and other times when I was working, every now and then somebody would find out and say, oh, you you, you believe in aliens, huh? And what's hard is when you've worked to build up X amount of credibility in a company. And then they find that out, and then of course you just lost all whatever credibility you have. Whether yeah, it's, it's so unfair. It is. I, I mean, honestly, does that have anything to do with your job? It's not a bad thing anyway. What it means is you're a critical thinker who's willing to look at facts as they are, not just you know, believing what the news tells you, which is there's no such thing. I mean, that that makes you a better employee in any case. So it's just so unfair that that counts against anyone. Yeah, it is one of those things you just got to wonder about what the hell, man. And, and now, I don't even know, and see today, what's funny today, the country's so irritated with itself, they're not even paying any attention to us. You followed, you get burst into flames. <laughs> I don't even think they would notice. Um, I just haven't seen, I actually haven't seen this this lack, this low lack of interest in, in any of the fields uh, until this year. It's kind of weird. Uh, maybe just because the election, maybe since all that's over with, people can get back to, you know, we know now for the next four years this is how it's going to be. Maybe we get back to what we were doing. Uh, I guess. I mean, it may not have anything to do with that at all. It may just be the way the field has gone. It's just gotten real quiet. But ufology itself, I think, is all but, but – I mean, there's some good researchers out there, but there's nothing really going on. Going, and I don't even know, if, Karen, if there's anything to go on. I mean, other yeah, than I conspiracy stuff – I do hear stories, you know, on Facebook I see updates, um, mm -hmm. friends with a lot of researchers, and they'll say things like, oh, there were a lot of reports of triangles over this city on this day. and So I know people are looking into things, and things are happening. But, yeah, I don't hear about this lately. And I think, you know, you brought up an excellent mm -hmm. point. There's enough else going on in the news. You know, we had the election, and we got the whole gun control mm -hmm. thing. We've had all these terrific shootings and we've got the media trying to keep us all focused on that and you know in a way I was thinking earlier a lot of people will say well why do you think about UFOs and lights in the sky you know yeah they're kind of interesting but why spend all this time on it well because ultimately if they're intelligently controlled if there's another race of beings who are coming here doing something there really has to be a delay among our elected leaders to keep this secret from us and it's all about them manipulating us and I mean our human things about this manipulating the general public and hiding things from us and everything else that's going on in the news right now is all about the same thing it's all about hiding the facts from us and manipulating us and it's almost like you know we're getting enough of that already with the whole gun control oh thing. yeah so we're kind oh. of putting the UFO question on the back burner in a way and dealing with the more immediate problems. Well, and, and, and and which I got to tell you, I, 
I have never wanted a, to own a gun so much in my life as I have wanted now. And I don't have one. I've never had one. <laughs> but by this week, I've just started feeling like, boy, yeah, now I want one. Yeah, you get one, one. Yeah, you better get one while you can. Uh, the, I don't know what's going to happen with that. I, I, I know um, there's a lot of mixed support in the country. I mean, I, I don't think there's enough support in the country for any kind of real bans. But um, still... Obama seems to get his way more than not. <laughs> I'm a little worried about it. And then, and guys, tune in this Saturday because we're going to be talking about these two ads with the kids today. Oh, my God, they drug the kids into it. First, Obama got the kids on the stage, and then the NRA put his daughters in an ad. I'm like, oh, come on now. I'm beginning to think I'm living in a soap opera. Yeah. yeah. It is. It's, all, it's a media circus. Really, the whole thing is just this big dog and puppy show to manipulate delayed us into begging for whatever it is they want to impose on us. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's, re- it's ridiculous now. Yeah, John, you know what? i seen that ad, that, that thing come up. Maybe I'll invite Karen on when we do the Trayvon one because we're going to be doing one on news, on news on the flip side on on what how what was actually reported and what actually made it into news dealing with the Zimmerman and Trayvon case. That That's going to be interesting. Yeah, I agree. You know, there was a lot of BS that went on there and, and even if Zimmerman gets manslaughter, he's going to be a multi-millionaire thanks to NSNBC. I can't believe they did that. Oh, man. I just I just don't understand. There used to be, and I know you know this, Ken, there used to be integrity in the news. Um, you know, there, there, was, there was, you know, people that were actually true bipartisans. Even if they were a Democrat or Republican, somehow they managed to put both sides out and be convincing about it. But today you turn on Fox, they're... GOP, you turn on CNN or NSNBC, God help you turn on NSNBC anymore. And uh, they're all pro, you know, left. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, guys, I live in the middle. Who represents me? The hell? Uh, you know, I want somebody representing me. Yeah. Screw the left and the right. I'm neither one. I want somebody in the middle, man. I don't even care who it is at this point. Yeah, the problem is that there are so many individual issues. Oh, yeah. But we're. We're so pushed into saying, are you Democrat? Are you Republican? Are you liberal? Are you conservative? Are you this or that? Are you? Yeah. And if you say, yes, I'm, I'm any one thing, then all of a sudden everybody says, oh, you think this way yeah. about these 40 different issues. No, I don't. I mean, I agree with the Republicans on a couple of things. I can't believe I just said that, but yes. And I believe in, I agree with Democrats on some things, and I believe in you know, I will agree with liberal ideas on some and conservative ideas on other because I don't well, let be pigeonholed into a box. It's like Rand Paul. I liked him, with the exception of his views in the military. I liked him. I mm-hmm. just didn't like his views in the military. I, I agree. In a perfect world, we wouldn't need a military, but we do not live in a perfect oh, yeah. world. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's and that's just it. It's not a perfect world. This is you know we don't live in this utopia, la la land, and. That comes up most with the abortion issue. I would love to live in a world where nobody ever wants abortion. But you know what? We don't live in that world. And sometimes it's an awful thing. It's appropriate. Oh. And we just have to deal with it. I mean, I'm sorry. I would it like is, to deal with the social conditions that lead to people wanting an abortion or thinking they need one. Like, oh. I don't know, in the case of rape, maybe we deal with the rape question instead of punishing the victims again. Yeah, we've been we've been we've actually done some. We got picked up by AP on a couple of shows we've done on that, like the abortion show. Yeah. It did. Yeah, it went over really big. It was a really good one. But see, that goes back to the thing about being in the middle. It's um, you know, I was listening to a Democrat yesterday out of uh, New York talk about the gun control up there, and he says, "Man, I, I, you know," he said, "I'm not 
uh, a left-wing liberal. I'm in, um, he said, I'm close to the Republicans in the middle. He said, and I agree with this, there's a big problem here. Probably half or more of the Democrats and half or more of the Republicans are middleists. They're in the middle. They, they agree on stuff like gun control and birth control and stuff like that. You know, it's just the far, the, the, the conservatives are so far over that they're stuck in the mud and the liberals just want to give the country away to whoever. And it's not a true representation. So you get about 20%, 20%, but somehow or another, those 20% are controlling the majority. And that's because there's no middle party to back, you know, people that are, it's like yeah. to put, use the abortion thing for thing. You know, I said, I have no problem. problem I have is when it's used for birth control. You know, and and really exactly, that's totally irresponsible. You know, so and it's it's a middleist point of view. It, it's a, from it's a view from both sides. You know, but it's it's more of the view of how the country really feels, and um and right. and, and they're just they're just they're missing that. And unfortunately, there's no leader who's going to step up. At least none that I know of. They can step up and say, "Hey, look, why don't you Democrats come over here with me, and why don't you Republicans come over here with me, and we'll start a through a yeah. true." Because really, let's be honest. The, Republic, uh, the rest should say Republicans. The, the conservatives and the liberals should serve. You should have a middleist party that's the majority, with the two, you know, left and right wing parties, the extremists, serving the middle party, and they can control the checks and balances. You know, the middle would be the majority, but you would need one of the two minorities to get something done. Um, so I don't know. It's it's one of those things yeah, I always want. You know, it is really, it's a great thing, as you mentioned earlier, that the UFO research field is not split like this. No, it's not. It's, it's a you weird... Know, I mean, the, the world in general is getting so polarized. It's We're being so pressured to say, are you part of this group or that group? And it's because it makes it easier to hate people and it's easier to split us and divide and conquer. You well, know, But in the UFO research field, at least, we can all sort of come together and say, well, hey, we're looking at you know, what's actually happening and speculating on what could these things really be. And it's true, because I, I was talking to a really liberal friend of mine the other day. She's an abductee, and we were talking. And she, yeah. said, she said something to me, and I said, oh, no, I don't want to talk about the emperor, and we moved on. And uh, we started talking about what was going on, you know, research-wise with her. And neither one of us could actually care about politics from that point forward, because, frankly, what we were talking about was so much more fascinating and interesting than anything else that was going on around us that yeah. it, it kind of just smoothed it out. It's just, I'm looking, you know, because I know you do research, I do research, I, I know quite a few of our friends are all involved in this, and we need a nice, smooth medium where they can get out there. And I know there's a lot of alternative media that allows for this, but we need, somehow or another, as a group, we've got to figure out how to penetrate at least part of the media uh, and, and get some yeah, well, there. Yeah, I think Giorgio's really making some strides on that. Yes. He's really bringing this whole ancient alias, you know, this whole... UFO theme into the mainstream and making it acceptable to talk about, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I, I mean, think he's, I think he's been doing a good job. And um, you know, I was talking with him just uh, just before the end of the world party, and um, he's looking forward to doing more. But him and I talked when um, at one of the crowds, and it's a weird thing because when we like at like at the 2012 party. When we first got there, it's like, wow, man, you know, it's a big end of the world party. It's in New Orleans. Uh, you know, it's it's a perfect time of the year. The weather's perfect for this. It was crisp outside, but not cold. But yet, there were maybe 50 people. Uh, and they were coming and going all night, but it never really got to more than 50 or 70. And they had two live bands and good really? bands. Two live good bands playing. 
Wow, Jesus I would come down. I wanted yeah. to come down. I was just too far. Yeah, so Giorgio booked 20 live bands. Uh, 20 live oh bands. 20 live God. bands. And uh, for the first four or five hours now, now it hit midnight when the UFO landed. It started filling up and packing up. Um, of course, New Orleans isn't after midnight kind of town anyway. Uh, but still, you would have thought, being as well advertised as this was, being where it was located, it was next to the damn casino, for God's sakes. Um, I was just disappointed by the first four. I'm sure they were. You know, I mean, Georgia is a big name. Yeah. It should have been an easy draw. And I, I don't know if it's it's the lack of money or the lack of interest. And that's, that's why I was bringing this, because I wanted to get your opinion on it, because... I mean, I'm not sure if it's a lack of money or a lack of interest. Um, well, I mean, I would say more a lack of money because nobody has money right now. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and I have to say, I was hearing a lot of commercials over the Christmas shopping season. Mm-hmm. All the car dealers up here are just falling over themselves trying to get people to give each other cars for Christmas. I thought, are you joking me? Cars like SUVs, brand new SUVs as Christmas gifts? Really? I talked sure. about in La La Land. Nobody's got money. Any, any listeners out there that feel like they want to buy me a car or Karen for that matter, feel free. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't want to hinder anybody's. You know, if you, this would make you feel better yeah, about yourself I, or something, you know, I could use a good pickup it. truck. <laughs> I'm driving my baby to Phoenix next month. Uh oh. Oh, that's right. For uh, thousand miles Saturday. <laughs> well, you know what? Hold on. Let me let, hold on. Let me call you right back quick. Because for some reason, I'm getting a weird tinge in your voice all of a sudden. Hold yeah. on. I'm gonna drop you and call you right back. Hold on, right there. Okay. Okay. I'm calling Karen back now. That was a very weird thing. Did y'all hear that weird tinge going on? The voice sound like somebody was actually trying to cut out something. Okay, there you are. All right. That was just That's weird. Better? Yeah. You, it, maybe it was just on my end because the audience said they weren't hearing it, but. Um, Okay, where was I before we re, re I really interrupted you? Oh well, I was just saying that I drive my two hundred and thirty thousand miles Saturn, my fifteen year old Saturn, across the country to the Phoenix conference next month. Well, be there. Fine. I'm thinking about going because I got a, I got a big birthday coming up this year, and um, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to do anything for my birthday, which is in about a week. So I was thinking I might try to come down because uh, I actually wanted to go to Vegas for my birthday and just hang out for a week. But uh, unfortunately, I've had cars that need attention and uh, oh. expensive little boogers. So what can you do? Uh, no, Joe will be 46th in, in, in on the 22nd. What are y'all talking about? <laughs> Did I ask anything for the peanut gallery back here, man? <laughs> oh, man. I'm telling you, I, I'm abused. <laughs> I'm just being abused. We're just going to leave this alone. But anyway... Yeah, if you want to send me a present, feel free. I've seen that I am. Yeah, send it on over. Yeah. Or no, no cakes, because my, my belly's too big as it is. <laughs> uh, I, <laughs> I need some warm weather so I can get outside after this holiday season. Lord have mercy. Tell me about needing warm weather. It's like 20 degrees here tonight. I'm freezing. That's now, another reason I'm looking forward to going to Phoenix. Yeah. Around February, end of February, I need to get out of Rochester and go someplace warm. You know, it would be pretty nice so, Yeah, this in the 70s, and I think. In, uh, uh, that sounds great. I mean, I know they get a little cold weather. Yeah, so I'm not speaking yet, so. I'm not going to be. Just working? Speaking. 
speaking in Phoenix, just attending. But um, I actually do have some speaking um, engagements set up for this spring. I'm going to be uh, speaking in Florida in May, which is going to be really fun at Paula Harris's conference. Yep. The Starworks. She actually invited me to come down and speak in Texas last year, and I wasn't able to get away from my day job for that. So the Texas she said, was well, good. We had a good time. Yeah, I heard it was great. I'm really sorry I missed it. So I'm really excited about going down and doing that one. And I've uh, got a couple of local MUFON events. Um, there's one that's going to be in Erie, Pennsylvania. Put on, I believe it's sponsored by the Pennsylvania MUFON group. And that's going to be on May 4th. I'll be speaking there. So I guess spring is going to be a, a little busy. Well, that's good. Morning. They're talking. I heard that the Exeter UFO Festival, which is usually like around September 1st, I saw something on Facebook the other day that said they weren't going to have it this year. But we just got a call this morning, and it looks like it is on. And, and well, I hope they do because there, there was there was a lack of conferences last year. It was sad. Well, yeah, that's like we've just been saying that things seem to be like they're kind of dwindling and. And I've had some personal things going on over the past year, so I wasn't sure if it was just me kind of, you know, not holding on to the reins as well and not paying attention, but it really seemed to me like not as much is happening right now. So I'm interested to hear you say that, too. I think it's about half of those conferences. Yeah, there's it's just strange, like things are sort of fizzling. I mean, the, the same people are involved in the same field, but thank goodness we're seeing the flame wars coming on the the email loops. I haven't seen that much lately. And, I haven't, there. and I haven't seen any books out in the last four or five months either, which is kind of weird. There's usually like a book every month or two. Somebody's putting a book out, you know. It's I don't know. It's kind of weird. It, it really is. And, you know, I don't, I don't... It's No, John, I don't think it's the end of ufology by any means. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it might be interesting. You know, I mean, yeah. and that's another thing that I talk about is the uh, the connection really between UFO research and paranormal research, and they're both becoming much more mainstream, much more acceptable, and very popular mainstream audiences. You know, you get all these shows like Ghost Adventures and Ghost Hunters and UFO Hunters, and you know that it's huge in mainstream media now. It's getting it's getting better, and paranormal seems to be doing quite well. Um, yeah. I've seen I've seen the paranormal side of it doing pretty good, or at least I sh- okay. Let me let me rephrase. I see the ghosty side of it doing pretty good. Yeah. Uh, and I've seen a conspiracy side do okay, but recently it seems to be taking some hits uh, because of some of the people involved in it. Um, for some reason, you know, everybody loved Jesse Ventura, now they hate him. I didn't have an opinion either way. I never did an interview with him, so. And I'm not a big conspiracy kind of person. I know I'm in ufology people, but I'm not a big conspiracy yeah. kind of person. I, I, I do think the government keeps secrets, but I don't think they keep to the extent that most people do. I think ET keeps more secrets from them, just like they do from everybody else, than, than they actually even think they do. But um, yeah. and there's a lot going on. Oh, absolutely! But there are people who have information that oh, they're yeah. choosing not to share with the rest of us. And oh yeah, there's definitely people got information. But you know who they are, who they're affiliated with. Like any of the, um, like the other day, I was listening to a conspiracy show and they're talking about you know the Bilderbergs and the Masons and blah 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 and blah blah blah. And, I, and I'm listening, I'm going, okay. I said, now, if there was one group, you might be able to sell me on this. Okay, let's say the Bilderbergs were running the United States. Or, or the Knights Templar, somebody, the Mason, somebody, you know, because D.C. is set up on a Mason thing. One of them groups are running. But the problem is, is 
if the Masons were running the United States, the Bilderbergs wouldn't tolerate it. And neither would the, the Templars or anybody else. And, and see, that's the problem here. You would have competing groups from the same free world fighting against each other, which of course would weaken all of us and, and let the communists and everybody else grow, which is not exactly what's happening, so I don't think that's what's going on. It's not that I don't think at one time they all existed and they were all powerful. I do. It's, I don't think it's just, what we thought it was, though. I guess I just thought there was a lot of crossover, like that the same people believe in or belong to the same, all these different groups. Now, if that's how so, it is, then it makes sense. If, if they're that, crisscrossing or I mean, like now, now hear, each other or something. Yeah, I mean, I've seen so many articles where you see the name of some famous person then a list of eight different organizations that he belongs to, and I'm like, what, Bilderbergers? And he's in the CFR and the Trilateral Commission. I mean, oh, yeah. So, I mean, yes, they're separate organizations, but if they all are composed of the same people, then, it, yeah. It's yeah, well, like then the you're okay, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, that's basically Gosh, what I'm it so is. Articulate tonight. Then, yeah, man. <laughs> hey, but still, I mean, it, still, the point's made. I mean, it would still be like a one-world government. Because you, you couldn't yeah. have all the groups fighting against each other because it's just not going to work. Um, right. Of course, to answer your, Paul, your question there, or to... The world is pretty screwed up right now. I'm not going to argue that fact yeah, yeah. with you. But, you know, and, and i got to say in my, my 48 years on the planet, um, it's, I haven't seen it quite this screwed up. Oh, and speaking of that, um, while we're on this subject, uh, the New York think tank put this out yesterday, and the European head of the EU said this as well, that they have not seen the United States this divided since the, Revo I mean, since the uh, Civil War pre-Civil War. They're talking about like the two years before. And uh, they apparently they have, I didn't know this, but apparently they have records on how divided the country was at that time versus this time. You know, I never stopped to think that other countries watch us that closely. But since we have such a large impact on the world, I guess they really do. Uh, so that was interesting like to see that. Always, it's like well, you hear people say about why aliens would be paying attention to Earth, you know, because we're all fighting with each other and playing with matches. So I guess other countries watch the U.S. in the same way. Like, yeah, I guess being an arrogant American, I never think um, about that kind of stuff, you know. And it is a problem. I, I personally am always surprised when anyone pays attention to anything I do. And I don't mean that to sound <laughs> no, no, I'm the same like, way. No, I'm the same way. Life, I don't go around watching other people, and I'm always surprised when someone's watching me. <laughs> like, why would you do that? Yeah. I mean, it's nice when I'm on the air, but... You know, my personal life, I just, I'm, I'm really always taken aback when anyone notices anything well, I do because I don't I know, watch it. It's weird. Well, you know, every now and then I'll be searching about it once a, every three months. I do a, a search on my name and every now and then I'll yeah. find a blog where they had a discussion about me. I'm like, really? No way. Yeah. And then sometimes you don't want to read them blogs, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. I know. <laughs> I have to try to so, you know, I get a pretty even split. Actually, no, I get more nice things said about me, which is great, and I'm I'm very grateful. But you know, people will say the biggest thing is that they say I'm very gullible, and I'm thinking, okay, so you're not paying attention, and I think that's because I don't cut people off or hang up on them on my show. Which I, yeah, I, I think, know some I think other hosts made a mistake. Yeah. Maybe polite I, might be a better word. Well, gullible, yeah, I, I mean. <laughs> You know, no, I will argue with people sometimes. I'll disagree with people, but I'm not going to attack them and kick them off my show. If I invite someone on my show, I'm going to let them make their case. And, yeah. you know, if they're a, truly a nut case, then they can prove it themselves. They don't need me to attack them. 
Well, I've been doing but I try not to invite nutcases on my show to begin with. <laughs> really. Every night you just don't know sometimes, you know, you just don't. I mean, yeah. Now, yeah. like, what's his name? The 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 guy with the missing the the people going missing in the the parks. Um, you know, I listened to him do some interviews. Even on our own network, he was pretty good. Him and I just did not get along. Matter of fact, I had to rip him uh, uh, just before the second break. Which, when he came back at the break, he was quite nice, but. Uh, I noticed on YouTube they got a whole thing up on YouTube about just that. Something about the, the jerk blank, 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 blank host. <laughs> I can't say it on an ASG rated guy, sorry. And uh, But hey, I mean, the guy came on, you know, he, he wrote books about Bigfoot and he wrote books about missing children and uh, the national parks. But he didn't want to talk about both of them at the same time in the same show, which just floored me. And, and I was like, why? And he's like, oh, people might get the wrong idea. I'm like, no, just be clear in what you're saying. We're not saying Bigfoot. We're taking people from the National Park. Even though the guy on the radio last night was saying that. Well, but yeah, still. I mean, you'll always have listeners who don't pay attention or people who get the wrong idea from me. I mean, the only thing we can do is be as clear and direct as possible, and then you just have to let go and let people you know, hear what they want to hear, I guess. You can't, you can't feed everything. Listens to our shows. No, I figure I'm doing a good job if I just make people realize there's more to the world than they used to think there was, and get them curious about it, and get them to accept the fact that you know we don't know everything. Yeah, and we don't. We'd like to, mind you, but yeah. we don't. God, there's a whole world of stuff out there to find out more about. That's fascinating. That's so much more fun than thinking we already have all the answers. It, it, and that's the thing, you know, for me, part of this is discovery, because I am still like a kid in a lot of ways when it comes to that, like unwrapping in that first present under the Christmas tree when you're a child, you know, getting up in the morning and knowing it's going to be there. You know, that's how it is when I'm dealing with abductees and contactees, because every time I talk to one, I learn something new, every time. Yeah. You know, and, and of course, sometimes I'm like, oh, no, that's probably not what happened, but still, you know, I, that, that, though, I have to say has been the hardest thing since I got involved in this field is sometimes having to tell contactees not everything in your head is real. <laughs> Who they don't like. Yeah. They don't like that, Karen. Well, it's funny because my experience, and I've had way, way with less experience with this than you have, but just when I go to conferences, I'll have people come up to me and want to tell me their stories. And nine times out of ten, my experience is that they're trying, they'll say, tell me I'm crazy. Tell me I'm in oh, yeah. this. Because they would so much rather think that they were mentally ill and hallucinating than that what they think happened really could possibly have happened. And, you know, they're the ones I can't really say it. I'd love to be able to really make me feel like, yeah, I think somebody really came and took you. Yeah, I'd love to be able to tell them, oh, no, you're all nuts. Just don't worry about it. Go home. Um, but um. The best I can do is say I've heard this story so many times before. I mean... You're not crazy, and I'm, I'm kind of yeah. sorry, but you know, the, you're not of, alone, at least. One of the things we're working on right now is, you know, Icar's done a lot of baseline criteria stuff, and we're still doing it. I mean, November Hansen set up the new research site, and she's been just busting away over there with it. Uh, so we're still doing a lot of what I call baseline criteria research. But as a researcher, we've learned that the similarities are there. There's no reason to worry about that. We're going to find them regardless. More importantly is... Why doesn't any freaking agenda match? With the exception of the, the Holocaust dreams, none of them match. 
Um, you know, and in every contact you, you get a different agenda. And it's not that I don't think there's a lot of agendas and multi-agendas. I really think there is. But, you know, there comes a point when you've got to go, okay, there's no possible way that everybody here can be right. You know, there, there's got to be, even though we know these people are contactees, we know that a good chunk of these memories have to be false. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, man, it's it tough. doesn't mean that they didn't have a real experience. I mean, oh, no, it, no, it, you know, not at all. Yeah, the, I mean, these aliens, I think we've pretty well proven whatever memories they want into people. Oh, yeah. And really it serves them to put um, inconsistent memories in all the different people that they take. Because if everybody can get together and say, oh, you remember this? Yeah, I remember this too. And it has happened in the past. And all of a sudden we feel like, hey, we got a big step forward to understanding who these beings are and what they're doing. And maybe they said, oh, my God, they're starting to understand us. We better put something weird in here. So yeah, no they change, and they do. They, they, they change the way they deal with contactees according to the researchers and the contactees stuff they're learning. We've seen them do that now more yeah. than one time. It's, it's just tough because, you know, <clears throat> nobody wants to tell somebody that, you know, what's in your head may not be what you think it is or what it may not be. And, and there still is the abduction cases that come in that turn out to be other things, child abuse, uh, a whole host of stuff besides that. It's amazing what you know people will cover up as abductions. It's just amazing. But by saying that, I don't want people to think, you know, to answer a question I've seen a little while ago, the majority of people that contact this organization, or most researchers that I know for that matter, are legitimate in the fact that they think what's going on is real. doesn't mean it is, but they think it is. So when we do find that trying to deliberately hoax us, it's just they were using it because they were – suppressing something worse which you, you gotta go wow what's worse than that um, but they were and, and all we can do because none of us are psychologists is say look you know this is definitely there you need to go see a psychologist and deal with it because there's nothing else we can do for them at that point but I want people to understand that you know a lot of people are legitimate a lot of people that come in are exactly who and what they say they are uh, even if some of their memories aren't what, it, what they say they are they are contactees they are you know having some so, sort of contact and then the, the actual legitimate, or I shouldn't say legitimate, but the, the hoaxes make up about 5% of the people that contact us. Um, the, I'd say the hoaxes and the attention getters make about 5 to 7%. Because not everybody's trying to hoax. Yeah. Some people just want attention. Yeah. And some people really, honestly, sincerely want attention. And they, they're making it up, but they don't realize Mm-hmm. And I, I feel bad for them, too. I mean, I've had my share of people who are very belligerent, and they come up and they're trying to tell me some thing that they obviously made up, and they're trying to get me to agree that, oh, my gosh, yes, this is a real case. So then they can turn around and say, you are so gullible. I can't believe you bought that. I know. I've I know. had people walk up to me when I'm at conferences. One guy walked up to our book table, threw down a picture and said, what's that? And I looked at it, and I said, it's a half-deflated mylar balloon stuck in a tree. And he got uh, really mad, just stared at me. And I was like, there's this string. It's hanging down off the side. I know, you I know idiot. Come on. <laughs> but, you know, because I love people like that. Because, you know, people write in and stuff, and, and they think they're going to fool you. Because every night in someone, I've had people want to debate me on, on ufology. Yeah. And I'm like, fine, but go get some facts first. Because you're just typing back and forth within 10 minutes that they don't know what they're talking about. And all they're going to do is get embarrassed. You know, they they think they're debunkers, but really they don't have any base for what they're doing. So they're going to get. So over the years, I've gotten tired. I actually started feeling guilty about burying people. 
(laughs) You know, I'm like, look, you want to debate me, go really educate yourself on the facts versus the fiction of this field. Then we'll debate. And I said, said, I'll debate anybody, anywhere, anytime. I said, I don't care who it is. By the way, uh, that one with uh, Richard and Stephen still getting an enormous amount of attention. And uh, which was just weird because uh, I didn't I, I didn't find him to be. I mean, I only said six words in the whole interview, but still, uh, which is a record for me. But I know I say that's a record for me. Uh, but the two of them were going back so perfectly. I mean, there was no need to interfere. You know, there's nothing I was going to say going to make any difference anyway because they were there to hear them too, not me. And um, it was it was a very good you know thing, but. I didn't realize how many people thought they were being hostile to each other until I started getting emails. And I was like, no. no, no I, was, I, I can see how they would sound like that. But well, yeah, if you were listening. But, those, yeah. I mean, they're, Rich always says, Steve's like my brother. You know, they can get mad at each other, but it never, it doesn't last. And that's exactly they, how I addressed that. I told everybody, yeah. I said, I know both these gentlemen. And I said, no, they're not even mad at each other. And I said, that's exactly what happened here. I said, Stephen knows he's right, and Richard knows he's right. And that's just how it is. And y'all got uh-huh. to make up your mind who you think is right. And I, yep. said, I said, there's nothing else there. I said, they're not you know, being deliberately hostile to each other. I said, they think that their point of view is the right one, and they're defending it, which is what they should yeah. be doing. If you believe exactly. self. They're both very emphatic, and they both have their facts down. And they do. Yeah, listening to those two. Uh, I do. I, I, it was very fun. Sam brought up another really interesting point about our earlier discussion about the whole field of UFO research. Um, a lot of people who are in the field, a lot of researchers have said to me at different times over the years that the field is a big family. Mm-hmm. It is. And it's true because there's always like that crazy ant in the, the attic and you know there's always somebody that kind of don't want to talk about too much and then there's somebody who's like the patriarch and there's somebody who's, you know, there are people you can have arguments with, but they're they're like family. You always just come back and you all end up having dinner together at the end of the conference. And there's just this feeling that, you know, people can say anything to each other and it's okay. We're mad at each other. We just deal with it, you know. And it's it's such a contentious kind of field because we're all just finding out so much. There's so much conflicting information because we haven't discovered enough yet to find all the connections. So there's, you know, different people working on different aspects of the field seem like they conflict with each other. And, you know, we get into these really heated debates sometimes trying to find connections and find out how this research and that research fit in with each other. But there's, there's really always this feeling of, you know, no matter what, we're all part of the group. We're all part of the family, and we can all really count on each other. It is. It's a good big family. I've always enjoyed it. And and uh, to Thelma, you're right. I have had heated debates with many ufologists, and yes, even with Richard. Uh, when you believe what you believe, and you know what you know is right, you're going to. You're going to defend your views. Uh, but you don't understand, y'all. We're not getting mad at each other. None of us are. This is for your benefit. We're letting you decide. Uh, we're putting the information out there, and you're the one that decides. We're not telling you to believe anybody. You'll never hear any of us say, believe me. You're not no. going to hear that. You're going you're to hear us say what we think is right, and then you're going to go from there. Which, that is, I've got to say, been great the last 10 years. That it was a major change in the field for me, by the way. I love that. Yeah. 
pilot the best presentations and the best you know radio programs and things like this are where people I've been researching this aspect of the field here are the facts I've come up with and here's my analysis of what I think they might mean but that's left wide open you know if somebody else has research that disproves something that they think might be a reasonable conclusion from their own work you know, you can always come up and contact that person and say, well, you know, that's a good idea, but I have a fact that shows that that's probably not the case. And people are usually really happy to hear that. It's like, Great, there's some different stuff. Let me see how that works in. You know, and there's a real sense of collaboration, which just a few years ago, just like four or five years ago, there was so much backbiting and just picking mm -hmm. at each other in the field. I don't know what happened there. There was some ministry thing going on, but everybody was short-tempered and just panicking. That's because I was busy smacking Mufon move on around. <laughs> after, 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 after well, it costed him three you know, directors, I better be nice for a while. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, maybe either the organization went through some changes because they were reacting to the same thing, or maybe everybody was getting tense because of... No, they, you know, they, in all fairness, they needed to have sweeping changes and sweeping yeah. in the organization. They did. And, uh, you know, I give them a lot of hell, and I still do, but I don't criticize them for cleaning house and straightening up their organization. I'm not going to criticize them for that because I do the same thing. I mean, screw yeah. that. You know, sometimes you just got to say, hey, I don't right. like where we're going, and we need to get back on whatever we're doing. And, you know, I hadn't talked, I haven't, I haven't talked to the new MUFON director. I usually talk to a new one within a couple, of, a, a week or two, or sometimes just before they take over. But I've been trying to give this guy the benefit of the doubt, let him do some work. And I gotta say, so far he hasn't done anything to piss me off. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good thing right off the bat, and uh, and I think he realizes that you know it's fine for Mufon to do abduction research, but since there's so many really good researchers out there already, maybe they should stick to what they do best, which is citing research, because we need it done. And I'm not going to do it because I cite research. I like to go, I like to go sky watching, but I don't like to do sure. citing research. It's too tedious, well, too much time on a computer. I know that their website is being really updated, and they're they're trying to make reports more available, more accessible. And and I think that that has been one of their failings in the past. They do this great research that collect all this terrific information, mm -hmm. and then it disappears. So you know, I think they're really making an effort to publish the reports. Well, maybe and, now if they don't have yeah. black ops guys running the place, they can get some <laughs> stuff. Well, I mean, it's well, yeah. sad because you had Ed Slushler, who was definitely black ops. Uh, yeah. You had you had uh, James, who definitely was black ops. And then you had, um, what's his face? Oh, I really liked him, too. Um, Cliff. And he was a black ops, yeah. And um, so the three of them all had some kind of black ops. Now, as far as I know, this guy out of Tennessee don't. So maybe we're going to actually get lucky here. The organization's And guys. No, Bigelow did not buy MUFON. Just don't even write me about that anymore, okay? <laughs> Bigelow gave them money, MUFON effed it up, and on his merry way. That's what happened. And you know what? Like any research organization, you need money to do your research, and you get where you can get it. I mean, honestly, I'd like to be on my high horse and say, well, I will only take money from organizations that I completely respect and you know, totally trust and everything they do and you know what there's no money in ufology guys <laughs> and no, all this not much. done it's all being done um, out of the pockets of the individuals who are doing it yeah, if you, you want to travel across the country and interview witnesses you got to pay your own way 
And a lot of times, if you go to a conference, unless you're speaking at a conference, you got to pay your own way. And nobody gets rich doing this. We do it because we want to, and we think it's important, and we want to find the answers, and we want to get the answers out as much as possible. We really do, guys. And, and, and there's a lot to get out. I mean, there's a lot of research going on. Uh, people take breaks. Oh, um, Rachel wrote in from the Bronx, and she wanted to know if you thought that ufology and, uh, and our UFO research in general have come to people and have become... Uh, Wait, what did she say? Oh, she wanted to know if you think they've become uh, more specialized. Because she made a comment about in the old days, you know, one guy would be doing like paranormal and then, you know, abduction and then conspiracy and then UFOs and then something else on top of all of that. Uh, what do you well, think? I, I think probably have gone through a phase where as we discovered more and more and more information, people have chosen to specialize in certain things. You know, for a while, Linda Moulton Howe was specializing in cattle mutilations. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can take one very tiny aspect of something and really focus on that. And what I'm seeing just now, and in fact, I've been talking about this in my presentations and kind of encouraging it, I think it's pretty important, is to start looking at all of these separate fields in relation to each other. And whether that means an individual researcher looking at all the different fields themselves to see how they fit, or to have sort of a team of experts all working on different things. You know, have somebody who is specializing in Bigfoot sightings, for example. Someone else who does government cover-ups. And it's a lot better like that. I like it. Yeah. I like like it better that way, you know, because I got a couple of friends in the Bigfoot. Because, you know, in all fairness, I'm not a Bigfoot researcher. I do live in a bayou state where they say they see Bigfoot. And I have seen some weird stuff, and I don't know if it's Bigfoot or not. But but I I don't have enough interest. Or really, that's not even fair. I don't have enough time to go do research into it. So I'm glad to see people specializing in it. We've uncovered so much information now that you really can choose you know, what is it that you want to just jump out of bed in the morning and find out more about this thing. You know? So everybody chooses that and focuses on whatever is their passion. Yeah. But then link up with other researchers in other fields. And it's pretty amazing how you can find correlations when people like this get together. And that's another really cool thing about the conferences because you get... At a conference, they'll have, like, a Bigfoot person and a UFO person and a ghost person and a government conspiracy person. And it's yeah. so cool to be sitting at the dinner table hearing them talk and just watching them light up because things strike them in different ways or they hear information that they wouldn't have found otherwise. Well, some of the best research I've ever heard, and I should not say this publicly, was sitting at the bar at one of the conferences with five or six ufologists. Uh, after we've had two or three drinks, we'll just all get to chat, and half the time we don't know who we are <laughs> talking. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of good information, and it's, and if you've been around the conference scene and you bumped into them, you'll probably you know they wouldn't mind if you come sit down. Uh, if you're a newbie, be careful there because somebody might get offended. <laughs> you know, because a lot of these guys go way back. It's it's not like the good old boys club of the '60s and '70s and even the '80s. Uh, ufology is a much different beast today, but uh, still, you know, there is there is a little. So I don't want to call it a click because it's not really what it is. But they do like their privacy sometimes when they're you know talking. Like um, there's a lot of private parties that go on a lot of times after the conferences, and you can get invited to them. It's just you know, don't be an idiot. <laughs> I don't know how to say it. Uh, we we like to talk to everybody, but you know when you get a bunch of them together and they're going to start talking about research, hardcore research stuff that they're not willing to put into a book or 
get up on a stage, they want to know that it's not going to go beyond that point. Right. You know? So, you know, they, they, you got to understand their point of view on this because this could be a new book or a feature or anything. So you just got to be careful. But I enjoy the conference. I always have a lot of fun when I go. I, I, I'll personally, I agree, Al, I don't go for the knowledge because I've, I've probably heard everything they're going to say more than one time. <laughs> but but, yeah. but that, that doesn't mean anything to me. I go for the people. I really do. Yeah. I, I go to too. see like Karen because I get to harass Karen. Like the last time I seen Karen was in C, she's doing an interview and I'm mad at her. Oh God, I remember that. <laughs> she's doing live on the ad. Trying so hard to keep a straight face, sitting <laughs> right behind the camera. Oh God, you know stuff like that. Yeah, she wanted to throw something, at me, but she was cool. She kept it together. She's doing an interview, and the funny <laughs> part was two, uh, the two the two Japanese gentlemen didn't realize it, and then one guy turned around, and you could just see his face like. Oh my God! She kept this because I was being an ass. I, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't making any noise because I want you know. But I, uh-huh. it was funny. No, you were totally silent. It was really funny. <laughs> it was, we, you know, but we have got a lot of good times at the conferences, and um, I kind of say yeah, I miss, like I miss that. Thing. I mean, for me, going to a conference is like a family reunion. Oh yeah, I it's miss also conference, you know, getting away from the conventional daily life. And, I mean, I work with a wonderful bunch of people, but none of them are interested in this sort of thing at all. And it's so nice to go to a conference and spend a few days surrounded by people who will not roll their eyes when you talk about UFOs or UFO abductions or ghosts or whatever. You know, they don't look at you funny. They might actually say, oh, yeah, exactly, and they'll tell you their own experiences. What you know, it's just so nice to feel like you're not crazy for a few days. You know? It and is. Isn't it's nice. Because anyone outside that would say, oh, look, here's the conference with all the crazy people. But we get together to feel normal for a little bit. Well, you know, i got to give Stephen Bissett credit for bringing oh, some, yeah. some class to ufology. Y'all don't take the wrong way, but he put on a classy conference. Everybody oh, was well-dressed. It was very well-informed. All the guests were good. There's lots of good speakers. Um, everybody had a good time when they went. It's just D.C., unfortunately, isn't a... Isn't a that, his conference needed to be out on the West Coast somewhere uh, where it could make some money. I, I, I mean, his point was that he was trying to force government yeah. to take notice of it. If it was right in their backyard, his idea was they would have to take notice. And it was a pretty cool idea, and I, I think he was starting to get some interest. He's doing something again in D.C. in May. Yeah, I know. You told me something about it. Um, I thought it was a pretty big deal he's doing. I just, you know, I like his conferences. I really enjoy them when I go. I always have a good time. And um, it's one of the few conferences I don't get aggravated if I don't get to speak at because I always enjoy who's speaking. And and, and Stephen will usually throw me a bone anyway, but still. um, I just just like him. And then my second favorite was Laughlin, but Laughlin's not there anymore. And I haven't been to Arizona. This will be, what, the third year, right? This is the third year, yeah. I went the first year. Last year I wasn't able to go, but I was there this year. Maureen, if you're listening, I feel just kicked to the curb, baby, is all I got to say. <laughs> I just feel kicked. To my, oh, man, I have to hold my head in shame or something. <laughs> uh, it's, uh, Maureen's work for Open Mind, y'all, if, if you don't know what I'm talking about. And you know who I haven't seen lately is Alejandro. Have you heard anything from Alejandro lately? Um, I actually have not. 
I don't I, know. He's been I, awful quiet. It scares me when he I gets quiet. I don't think he's like, dropped off the face of the earth. I personally haven't heard from him lately, but I, I think I talked to someone else who said he's kind of he's involved. I mean, we might be hearing more from him in the coming year. Okay. So I'm going to try to get in touch with him, though. I haven't talked to him. Yeah, because I, I was curious the other day. The reason I thought about it is I was uploading some open minds up to the rerun queue, and it uh, got me thinking about it. You know, I haven't heard from him lately, and I wonder what's up. And, uh, you know, it's, it's weird when I don't hear from people. You know, I haven't heard Stan lately either, which uh, worries me because he's in his 80s, man. I, I like to hear Stan talking, you know, every month, so I know he's yeah. out there. And, yeah. and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, he is probably the only man that's been able to make a living out of for any length of time. And yeah. it probably has a lot to do with he has a pretty good pension to start off with. Well, he's he's very businesslike. He's yeah. very, very professional in how he runs a conference. And, you know, I've talked with him about this. He'll say if he has a speaking engagement in one town, he will get on the phone and call everybody else between his home and that town and say, you know, I'm going to be in your neck of the woods if I come and speak. I mean, he's brilliant. And he's just so organized in the way he arranges everything and uh, very, well, very professional way of handling it. Yeah, they, we can all learn from watching him. Yeah. Um, I always, and, and it's another of my, my pet peeves I want to bring up, people who complain about people who sell books on ufology. Okay, I mean, this is a really pet peeve of mine because a lot of our income comes from selling books. But people will say, oh, you just made that stuff up just because you want to sell the book. Well, I can't you know, say that about Richard, though. People, Richard, do, people do research very seriously. They work very hard on research, and they come up with facts, which they check, and they recheck, and they check it with more witnesses, and they check it again, and then they draw their conclusions, they put it together, and they want to present it to the public. And, you know, if they can make a few bucks that allows them to, I don't know, travel to conferences or travel across the country to check some more witnesses or to uncover some more facts, or to continue doing what they do, you know, them. Yeah, my, I'm always in favor of buying other people's books so they can keep doing their research. Well, I got lots, lots of UFO books. Not as many as we had since Katrina, but a lot of them. And uh, see, my problem, I've never had a problem with, with people, with certain people doing books. I do have problems with some people doing books because all I ever hear is buy my book, buy my book, buy my book. Um, right, but, and if it's not well written or there's nothing, if they don't have anything to say, then yeah. exactly, they're just scamming people to sell books. So and now I, what I do is... Just recently who have said, oh, I did a, a Google search on keywords that sell the most, and, and I wrote up this book that has all those keywords in it, and I'm selling all these e-books. It's great. But it's fluff. They're not doing anything, and they're giving the real researchers a bad name. And it's very frustrating. It, it is. It is because there's a lot of good books out there. I mean, there's a lot of good uh, ufology books out there. There really is. Um, you know, and, and that's that's the whole problem. Now, you know, Richard may not get it as bad as everybody else because he did the history, so they can't really, you know, they can't really attack him and say, "Oh, he's just doing it for the money. Or he's doing it for whatever." You know, because it's legitimate research. All you got to do is go take the yeah. time. To, you know, go through the book and look on the internet. You're going to find the research. It's it's yeah. so it's, it's well, pretty. Well, some people have tried attacking by saying, "Well, this stuff's all out there. It's all in other books. Why?" Not like that. It's not. <laughs> no, it's not like that. And, not like that. And a lot of the books that he used as his sources, especially for his first volume, were out of print. We had a yeah, terrible time finding a lot of. Yeah. We had booksellers who were like scouring used bookshops for us, you know, trying to find those. He had a good relationship with a, with several used booksellers here in Rochester, and we'd make the rounds, you know, and he'd go and check in with these guys, and he was always emailing back and forth with them, saying, "You can find this, 
they spend months sometimes tracking down a book for him. That's how you got to do it. I mean, you got to do the research. That's what makes them good. Right. I mean, anybody can go, well, I can't apparently because I've been trying to write a book for 10 years, but most anybody can go just write a book about some BS. Uh, but guys, remember, when, you, when you're doing it, all you're doing is hurting the field. Um, you know, I, I would like to put out a book, but there would be so much involved and I'd get so aggravated with it, I'd probably just kill everybody involved with it, so I'm just not. But um, the research needs to be put out there. People need to see it. Exactly. So, That's so, you know, the primary reason for putting yeah. the book out is just to get the facts out. And, and now with the internet, <laughs> well, you know, I'm thinking with the internet and radio now, you get a preview of a book before you buy it, a pretty decent one, to make sure if it's it's worth your time or not. Uh, you know, find out if the first off, find out if the researcher who wrote the book is legitimate. Does he have a following in the field? This is important. Okay, this is something I learned early on in the field, and it's kind of an insider secret. If a ufologist don't have a following inside the field itself, don't bother with them. Okay, because if if the field isn't paying attention to them, highly unlikely that anything they're going to say you're going to be interested in. Uh, yeah, it's um it's in it's weird because you know ufology is a very close group of people, and they do pay attention to what each other says. Trust me, I know because from time to time I'll get a phone call going, "Oh yeah, really, Joe? <laughs> 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 yeah, really, that's right, damn it." <laughs> yeah, it it really is. I mean, my closest friends are within the field of ufology. Yeah. And, and I guess I got a lot of friends. I go to the conferences. You know, I I have friends who I feel very close to who are physically very far away, and the only time we ever get to see there is at the conference. Oh, there's a nudist UFO conference this year. No, I'm not going to oh, that Lord. one. Oh Lord, no, no, no. There's some scary <laughs> no. people in the field. Okay, I'm not going. To... <laughs> oh my <laughs> God! I won't even I have a webcam. Oh, I want to know who's speaking at this thing. <laughs> I want to see the God, um, no. Uh, no, 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 no. I guess if they brought, God, that'd be like porn or something. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, man. This, wow, okay. who would okay. be turned on by that? <laughs> this, is so weird. This, this is a weird one, y'all. If y'all get Stanton Friedman to go, I want to know. I want to see Stan naked with just the <laughs> eyebrows. Oh, God. Uh, Did I just say that live on the air? Oh, Lord. Years ago, Leah Haley used to joke about starting a calendar, the men of ufology. Yeah, we we've been wanting to do a, a. Actually, you know, it's funny you said that because we've talked about uh, doing some 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 calendars for ufology and for ICOS because we got a lot of good looking members finally. And um, God, I mean, <laughs> this amazes me. We ought we ought to do a couple of them because uh, I know a lot of people got interested in it, and there are some good looking people in the field. There's some scary ones, but <laughs> there's some good looking ones too. The guys, I'm telling y'all, there's some there's some ones you're like, wow, if they weren't so brilliant, you'd be walking out the other way going, oh, okay. Um, but they are, <laughs> some, they are some of them quite brilliant, I got to say. But I know we ran over, so we're going to take a break right quick. We'll come back and we'll talk about our show, what else she's up to. Uh, Jill and Stephanie from uh, Perspective X will be joining us too, probably about 20 minutes for the end of the show, uh, coming and hanging out with us. We'll all just be chit-chatting. It's kind of open forum, so if y'all got anything you want to talk about or anything you want to say, I'm just catching up with Karen on a couple things that we haven't talked about in a while, and uh, we haven't got any. No, we're not getting anything that deep. Me, Jesus, people. <laughs> anyway, we're going to go take a break. Uh, I'm turning my eye inbox off the rest of the night after that one. But anyway, we're going to go take a quick break. I want everyone to please stay tuned to UFO on the cover. I'm your host, Joe Montalvo. I'm sitting and speaking with Karen Dolan. We'll be back in about eight minutes to continue this conversation. So hang out and enjoy. What the? Okay, so what was...
You're listening to UFO Undercover with your host, Joe Montaldo, right here on the Paranormal Radio Network. everyone, Tree Sheridan, host of A Global Focus. Come join us each Friday evening at A Global Focus's new time, 9 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Come join the discussion. Light up your night with The Kevin Smith Show. Hi, this is Kevin Smith. Join me Monday through Friday right here on the Paranormal Radio Network. Hey, hi there. Got your attention? I'm Gia Scott, and I was curious what you were doing from 7 to 9 p.m. Central Time on Tuesdays. See, I host this really interesting little radio program that airs live then, and we bring in all sorts of guests. Authors, experiencers, and everything in between. It's paranormal and guaranteed to make you go, hmm. My guest list is always up at www.giascott.com. And do tune in to the Dawn of Shades from 7 to 9 p.m. on Tuesdays. Breaking news. Strange black pyramid UFO ships over every major city on the earth. People are exhilarated and scared. Reptilian strange creatures are beaming down. My God! My God! They're beaming me up with them. Don't put that probe there. Don't put that probe there. Don't put a... The, uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. Listen to the Church of Mabus radio show at 11 p.m. Eastern, Saturday nights with host Jeffrey Pritchett, bringing you the high strange. Visit www.churchofmabusradio.com. That's www.churchofmabus.com. Radio.com. Hey, it's Giorgio, the Aliens Guy from the History Channel's Ancient Aliens. Join me, Ghostland Observatory, and so much more at the Sugar Mill for Cosmic Fest, day December 21st, to help prevent the end of the world. For tickets, visit CosmicFestNola.com. Hi, everybody. This is Erica Getch. I hope to see you on Friday at 8 p.m. Pacific on the Galactic Connection, keeping you connected one hour at a time. For more information, please visit thegalacticconnection.com. Tune in to the Mind Cemetery with your hosts, Chip and Nicole, every Monday night at 9 p.m. Eastern. Exclusively on the UFO Paranormal Radio Network. We delve into UFOs, abductions, ghosts, aliens, conspiracies, and cryptozoology. And how could you ever forget about those creepy topics you won't hear on your local news? This is where I would insert my obligatory skeptical statement. The Mind Cemetery, where the paranoia about the paranormal comes to rest. Follow us on Twitter and subscribe to us on Facebook. Also check us out on our website, mindcemetery.com, for show updates and the critically acclaimed Mind Cemetery blog. It's not critically acclaimed, but you should check it out anyway. MindCemetery.com Hi, I'm Stephanie Benetti, and along with Joe Montaldo, we co-host a new show called News on the Flip Side, 
You can catch us every Saturday night, 8 p.m. Central, where we will be discussing current events and topics going on in the world. We have opinions on everything. There's no topic that we won't discuss, and we'll go places that other shows wouldn't dare. False history gets made all day, every day. The truth of the new is never on the news. But you can catch it here, news on the flip side, only on the UFO Paranormal Radio Network. Tune in to UFO Undercover, Wednesdays at 8 p.m. Eastern, with your host, Joe Montaldo, right here on the Paranormal Radio Network. Well, you drove out there into the middle of nowhere and had some sort of loud verbal display challenging E.T. in general out oh, in the yeah. middle of nowhere? Oh, yeah, that's what I was doing. I actually had a uh, pistol in my hand at the time. Um, I was really ticked off. When I was having this fit, I, had, I was waving the gun in the air, okay, and I had this fit. And at this moment, I said, okay. Undercover with your host, Joe Montaldo. Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to UFO Undercover. I hope y'all enjoyed that musical interlude there at the break. Uh, yes, and to the person, yes, you heard that Six Gun Joe is back, so be on your best behavior. 
I was retiring Six Gun Joe until the Emperor decided to take our guns away. So now we're back. Six Gun Joe is back in action. Um, I, hey, I can go for a lot of stuff, just not that one. Okay, I, I can go for a lot of you know stuff I would not normally go for because I, I want to be fair to the world. But I got to draw the line somewhere. Uh, you know, what did Kirk say right here? And oh no, Picard said right here. And no damn father when he's talking about the board. <laughs> Whatever. But anyway, we're speaking with Karen Dolan tonight. Most of y'all should be familiar with Karen, uh, especially with Three of the Keyholes. Uh, been with us uh, three, four years now, huh, Karen? Longer than that. I started in 2007. Oh, God. We're getting I old. No, Do you believe it? Okay. <laughs> we're not talking about how long we've been doing this anymore. <laughs> I don't know how long you were doing it before that, but I started in 07. Well, I, I, I started hosting radio in 2000. And uh, and then really got into it heavy in 2001 and up and then and then since then it just gotten crazy. But uh, so about right out about 12 years now. Um, now you know it's weird because now I do get job offers. Uh, I've been I was offered a, a, a FM station out in Phoenix offered me to come professionally host for them, but they wouldn't do stuff like see me on drive time. I would get in so much trouble. <laughs> You'd be I mean, causing accidents. Yeah, well, it would be like I called Karen. Let me call Karen up in Rochester here early in the morning at 7 a.m. Hey, Karen, how you doing this morning, sweetie? Let's, let's talk about some alien. <laughs> I'm gonna what? Where's my head. coffee? Wait a minute. <laughs> and God, think about this, ladies and gentlemen. I've got the who's who's list of everybody, not only in ufology, but in the paranormal world and in the exoteric world, pretty much everywhere because we have so many hosts and I have a huge phone list. If someone could ever get hold of just the Skype list Karen's on right now, you could harass ufology and paranormal world That's for a decade. <laughs> uh, so could you see someone like that on the talk show early in the morning? Mm. No, I don't think so. Man. Or they like to do stuff like, well, why don't you come host? You know, why don't you be a late night host for us? I could probably go with that, but I don't yeah. want to compete with coast to coast. <laughs> well, yeah. You know, a lot of people download oh, posts. Speaking of that, I meant to ask you this at the beginning of the so you, you, you hear now Art Bell's out of his contract with Premier Radio. I had not heard that. Yes, he and now he's on my friends list on Facebook, and he announced it on Facebook the other day. Wow. And underneath that, he wrote, uh, and please stay tuned. So I'm hoping to see him sometime this week. I'm going to go post something on and say, look, come on station anytime you want. Talk about anything you want anytime you want. <laughs> but... Um, you know, I, I don't know what he's going to do, but I imagine now that he's out of his contract, we'll probably start seeing Art do something. I wonder if he'll do like a new version of Coast to Coast. Because I liked yeah. the host. He he was a ballsy host. I don't think I started listening to Coast until after he had already left it. I just I hadn't heard of it until then. I like George. George is a nice guy, but George is much yeah. better than Art is. Mm-hmm. Uh, George is a, a much nicer guy. I, well, that, that's not really a correct way of saying it, but, I mean, George, I always feel comfortable when I do an interview with George. Uh, it's, it's, and I know you've done interviews. How you've interviewed George, so. I interviewed George, yeah. Yeah, so. I yeah. met him, like, a month after I started doing my show. Yeah. And yeah. I met him in Roswell, in fact. I started in June of 2007, and I met him in July of 2007, which was the first time I ever spoke in Roswell. Well, and you heard- I just... I got to meet him, and I shook his hand, and I was, I was going to say, you know, I have a radio show now, and I really, you know, I, I really look to you for inspiration. I didn't get that far. I said, I have a radio show, and he said, oh, I'll be on it. And, and by I the said, way, wow, thank you. I'd love that. So. 
As far as I know, Karen is the only con he's ever done, and I'm pretty sure it's the only free interview he's ever done. Wow. Yeah, so that's a big kudos for you. That was I, I've never really heard George Norrie on anybody else's radio show. I could not believe that, that he did that. I it, it was just such a huge boost for me because I was just it getting was a started. a boost for everybody, yeah. I mean, it was great, and it uh, brought in a lot of listeners, and Coast is always a good place to go hang out. I, I got a whole thing of shit I got to send in this month. They, uh, well, you know, they always tell me when you, when you got something you want to talk about, write to us, write to us, tell us or call us and tell us either way. And there's like three subject shows for this year about this. Yeah. And, so. and uh, it was, I always get lucky with George. It's, it's, uh, it's well, you know, anybody who's, who's in this field, when you do coast, it's usually a pretty any, easy interview. I mean, um, I don't know if, if people get, I didn't get nervous. The very first one I did, I had been on the air for four hours. Uh, then I was on the phone for an hour, and then I did four hours with them. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And, wow. Uh, so you were pretty much like, yeah, whatever. What do you want to talk I about? Was, yeah, <laughs> I was so <laughs> disappointed. You, you could have asked. Yeah, that. Me. And, and I still, I've never been on Coast, though. I've never been interviewed on that. So well, that, next, that should be my time, goal for this year, to get on Coast. Yeah, well, next time when you or next time you do a special on anything, particularly like like when we were talking about the kids and all earlier today, yeah. Uh, just let me know. I mean, everybody, everybody in the field should still have their info. So uh, once you get into them, once you get on coast, it's easy to get back on. It's just getting on the first time is not an easy thing. But you, we know enough people between us. I don't think that'd be a problem for you to get on. Yeah. Um, it's uh, and they and think they're just like us, Karen. They got a book damn guest seven oh, well, nights it, a week. I know. I mean, that's what I keep thinking. Is you know, I used to think before I got involved in this industry that. Oh my gosh! You have to be a real celebrity to get on the air. And now I'm just like, there are days when I'm so desperate to find somebody to get on here. <laughs> like, you know, you get that last minute cancellation. You're like, oh man, I got two days to find somebody now. What am I going to do? Yeah, we're always looking for people, and you know, people who actually have something to say is nice. Because I've had people call me and say, oh, you should have me on your show because you know I can talk about my abduction experience and. Yeah, I mean, sometimes having someone talk about their abduction experience can be really great, but not well, everyone is very articulatized or really able to present it. Not everyone actually had an abduction experience. Well, sometime in and February we got a host meeting coming up, so I'm gonna get all y'all together because we're, we're building the new UPRN website. Oh, cool! And, and I wanted to get everybody's opinions before we got started on some of the changes that I'd like to implement and put in effect, and. Um, also, too, I think we're going to uh, set up a guest page or a guest info page or something along the lines. Not so much for, for pre-show, but for after the show. Something that can be associated with the archive in case people want to come read about it first. Because um, we get a, a huge amount of archive plays, but you know, I'd like to give people the, the option. Because I'm, I'm a visual audio kind of person, but a lot of my friends are not. They prefer the written word. Uh, and before they listen to an archive, they, you know, one of the bitches I get the most now is, I would like at least a paragraph or two about this show ahead of time. I'm like, you know, after, you know, for, they're talking about the archive is what they're talking about. Yeah. And because yeah, you know, I update their own site, so. Yeah, I am really bad about doing that, and I have to say, I totally agree. <laughs> I should be doing that. I'm terrible with it, but I know there are other radio shows I listen to, and I love it because you can scroll down their list hives and, and they'll write fairly long pieces describing not only who they talked to and what they talked about, yeah. but like giving you a recap of the conversation. 
Uh, Janice, I don't know when Teresa's coming back. Uh, I would say address that question to her. I, I talk to her about once a week. I talk to her, but uh, that is entirely up to her. She's got a lot going on in her life, and, and when she, she knows she knows the spot's there whenever she wants it, so it's, it's not a big deal. And yes, to answer the other question, Alfred Weber does come on after Karen for a half hour on Fridays now. Uh, it's just a ha- uh, half hour live show he does. Uh, it's Exopolitics TV. And uh, it, it comes on at the top of the hour at 8 o'clock. And, yes, it probably will stay there. So, eventually, I will be moving Therese and Erica's show back a little bit later. And, yes, you, there will be a time change. Boy, you're well informed, huh? Uh, there will be a, a time change on Saturday because uh, News on the Flip Side will be moving to a three-hour show versus a two-hour show. Uh, it's it's immensely popular. And, actually... Uh, I'm getting a little nervous. I might have to start get do some Jerry Springer stuff on UFO on the cover here. <laughs> UFO on the cover has been the flagship show for a long time, so we don't, you know, I'm getting a little jealous of myself, which is just weird. So anyway, uh, it's doing really well, so y'all hear about that. But you know, well, y'all I know used to say, you know, when uh, I wanted to get the ratings up on through the keyhole, I used to say I was going to start doing the shows topless, and then you, you know. were saying, well, yeah, we got to get a webcam, and I'm like, oh no, wait, 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 wait. I mean, it was funny when it's audio only. Thank you very much. Well, we talk about that. You know, Friday is supposed to be naked ad and Friday on the net. <laughs> so, well, you know, we started this a long time ago, and, and, and somebody asked me one day, do y'all really get naked? I said, yeah, we do. Well, how do we know? I said, I don't know how you know, but we're all naked. And they're like, mm, but, but put on a camera. I'm like, no, that's porn. <laughs> yeah, there are, there are other channels on the Internet for that. That's, that's, that's essentially right. what the Internet is for, so we don't have to do it. That's right. Oh, that was funny. I seen this of this. Um, so I seen this thing today that these these parents are saying their kids will never look at porn ever if left alone with a computer. This was so funny. They took 100 boys, 100 girls between the ages of 13 and 16, gave them unrestricted access to a computer, and as far as they knew, they were not being watched or seen. It was just a little room, and they said they could surf and do it. Every one of them looked at some type of porn. Now, <laughs> in all fairness to the kids, some of what they considered porn, I personally would not have, you know, like, yeah. one, one little boy went to this, it was like a Sports Illustrated, kind of risque Sports Illustrated, if you know what I mean, but, yeah. but still, it wasn't what I would consider porn, thank you very much. Yeah. But still, well, like, it was funny. Uh, Every kid did go. I remember once looking for a piece of camping equipment, and I, you know, there's a Dick's Sporting Goods, and I thought, well, I'll just check and see if they have it in stock before I make the trip over to the store. Note to self, it's dicksportinggoods.com. It is not dicks.com. Totally different. <laughs> yeah, bitch, it's totally different. Holy! <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was an eye <laughs> Yes, it was. <laughs> I'm surprised my computer didn't melt. <laughs> And you see, you just never know these days um, what you're going to find on the internet. I love these ones like the Christian singles write to me all the time. I'm like, and I'm forever taking this off. It's just on Yahoo, by the way, for some reason. I'm like, yeah. 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 And I'm like, so finally I write back to him. I said, trust me on this. You would not want me marrying any of your Christians. First off, I'd have to do it in sin because I'm already married. (laughs) And I said, I'm slightly evil to start off with. I said, maybe you should really look at who you're writing to. And I said, oh, and then I wrote in there, and I do believe Jesus was an astronaut. (laughs) And uh, and for like a year, I didn't get one. The other day, I started getting them again, so I'm going to send them another letter. I figured that last one got them, but hey. 
I, I just, you know, and whoever sells those emails, shame on you people. Lord, come on. I get enough crap to go through as it is without five tons of spam coming in my email boxes. Um, it is ridiculous. And Yahoo is just notorious for it. Oh, I know. You know, oh. it irritates me that I have to go through the news page before I can even open up my email. I'm calling it news for Yahoo's. Well, you know, it's funny because now that we do a news show a lot. I, uh, I use uh, Yahoo, MSNBC, and BBC, uh, and CNN for news stories. And then I do some internet, you know, other stuff for some weird stuff. But we, I mean, we're doing pretty strict kind of news stuff. And uh, I, it used to be annoying to have that on my homepage. Now I actually go through it every morning. Oh, I like this link. Click. I like this link. Click. <laughs> but then now I've caught myself. I am so much more informed on the, on the on the real world now than I ever possibly could have ever cared to be. I'm like, damn. I said I'm turning into my dad. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, I I find that I know a lot more about Kim Kardashian than I ever really wanted to know. Yes, there's somebody else guilty about that Kim Kardashian. Where did she go? She left and went the other one. They uh. I'll come in, oh, hey, it's Kim, okay, now she's pregnant. <laughs> well, that's okay, the other day I'm sitting here and we're talking, chit-chatting, and I'm talking to a friend about my ufology, and Linda's got uh, one of the soap operas on, and I'm listening to him talk while I'm talking, and I realize, and, and I haven't seen a soap opera in like 12 years, I'm like, well, this one's going to do that with this one, and that, <laughs> <laughs> damn, these things are predictable, um, but they are kind of, Jerry, they're like train wrecks for me. Yes. It really is. Now, uh, yeah, now Karen's back on Fridays, guys. She was just out th- this Friday. She's back. Yeah, that's why she's here tonight with us. Oh, we get, the flu is going all over the place. We just, oh, it, I'm well, sorry. Yeah. I was off last week because we are sick. Yeah, everybody's been sick. I mean, uh, the only two states they showed it not an epidemic, or only three states was Mississippi, which I'm amazed, California, which amazed me even more, and Hawaii. Those are the only three states that flu is not considered an epidemic. Everywhere else, it's out of control. And I, I feel for everybody up north because, you know, we've been seeing articles down here. You can't even, they're turning away people at the hospitals, uh, saying, no, no, you can't come in here with the flu. We were overrun now. And so I don't well, even know. I, I work in a medical office, and, you know, we don't, it's a specialty office, and we don't deal with any kind of respiratory things. And we actually were calling patients. And saying, if you have the flu symptoms, please don't come on, come in. You know, we'll schedule your office. Got masks in the office for patients to wear. We all had to get our flu shots, which I was trying to avoid because I don't like vaccines. But um, you know, I work in a medical office, and I had to do it. Well, they got a, they got a lady in Maryland right now who's suing her coworker because she came in and got the whole office sick. Oh God. And, well, her boss said, no, you're obviously sick, go home. And the woman said, no, I can do my job and stay for another two days, and, and then eventually had to go away. But by that time, she had spread it throughout the whole office. So eventually, this guy basically had no one working. <laughs> Everybody was sick. And the one woman was out for like nine days and uh, ended up having to pay all kind of late fees because, you know, she was late on all of her bills. So she sued the woman who brought in the flu. What I'm waiting to see is if she's going to win. Yeah. It's interesting because, yeah. yeah, I mean, it sounds crazy, but then when you actually get into the details, it kind of makes sense. You know, you're supposed to know better than to do this sort of thing. You're yeah, sick, stay at home. Oh, I give the girls at the office a hard time all the time. I'm like, you go home. You're sick. Get out of here. Get away from me. Don't make me sick. I, I'm a big baby. I don't want to have the flu. Uh, oh, God, I'll drive everybody I know crazy, including myself. So I, I, I try to, and I've been lucky this year somehow or another, been skating in between and knock on wood. 
but still, it is an epidemic in our country. Down here, it doesn't seem to be as bad. I mean, you can still go get treatment and without any, any harassment, but... Why is it so bad? And then yesterday, I seen an article yesterday, I don't know if you've seen this yet, on CNN about uh, there's, starting, there, there's some evidence now that suggests that the flu vaccine itself is weakening our, our overall immunity to flu in general. Yeah, I did see that article. And, uh, you see, that's part of my problem with vaccines <laughs> in general. I mean, I've always been a fairly casual mom. My kids are ridiculously healthy, and part of it is because I've always believed in exposing them to germs. Yeah, that's how it should be. Yeah, I mean, I I don't, like, you know, throw them into filthy situations, but if they play outside in the summer, even when they were very little, you know, yeah, you get your hands dirty, you get your feet dirty. I'd see all these other moms running around with their little Clorox hand wipes, and I'm like, Clorox everything. Then your kids don't build up a resistance to anything. Well, I'm, gl- I'm glad. Their kids are in and out of the doctor all the time. I never go to the doctor. I- I'm glad to see a lot of family doctors have started taking that same approach. They're telling parents, well, well, wait a minute. No, get rid of the antibacterial soap in your house. It's just making your kids uh, antibiotics, <coughs> making them more uh, immune to antibiotics and stuff like that. He said kids have to be exposed to certain diseases. That's how they build up immunities to them. Exactly. It, it's like small uh, chicken pox and all. We you know when we used to get vaccinations that's, in the old days, that's what they were doing. They were giving you the virus to make you immune to it. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, that is not how they do vaccinations now. The way to do them now is it's a it's a different system and it's a little weird and it's it's makes me a little nervous, frankly. Um, sometimes I wonder if if all of our inoculations are legit. I hate I hate even thinking like that because that's just big conspiracy stuff. But I know. I it, it feel worries. like, oh, let me put my tinfoil hat on, but I don't like getting shots. Well, you know, my first... It's not that I'm afraid of needles. I don't know what they're putting in here. For all I know, I'm microchipped now. My, my first three days in the Navy, my very first three days in the Navy, you know, first time I've ever really been away from home, 18-year-old, barely 18 years old. I was like 18-year-old in a month or something. Uh, 67 shots in three days. Oof. Okay. I mean... Wow. Now, granted, they use air guns, mind you, okay? What really freaked us out, the first day we're there, we're all standing in line getting shots, and the guy hits the guy in front of us. He said, what's wrong with this thing? So he hit the trigger two or three more times and shot air into the guy's vein. So while we're standing there, a big bubble blew up in his forehead. Of course, they rushed him uh, to a, uh, what do you call it, with the divers get in? Uh, uh, what the hell are those tanks? You know what I'm talking about. Uh, when they depressurize them, what the? Anyway, they had to put him in one of those uh, to keep him from dying. Or was it a hyperbaric chamber? And uh, bring the pressure down so they could get the air bu- bubble out of him. <laughs> I was like, yeah, and you want me to get more of these, right? Get the bleep out of here. Uh, wow. That, that was insane. And, 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 and wait, this was the best part. Um, I would ask him, well, what's that? I don't know. I'm like, excuse me? Oh, well, I'm just a tech. Well, what do you mean? You've got to know what you're sticking in the thing, right? Oh, it's a cocktail of like five or six or seven kinds. I'm like, really? Cause, and, and it didn't matter who you asked. I even asked the doctor, could, could I get a list of what shots I got? He said, no, we don't do that. I was like, really? They don't give you information on what we're injecting into you? Nope. And oh, if you ask more than once or twice, you get in trouble for it. They, well, I, that's... No, that's the military for well, that's America. Remember after 9-11, they said Condoleezza Rice was on TV telling us all how unpatriotic it is to ask questions about what really happened? Yeah, you know, 
it's it's amazing to me because I always like Condi, and that really hacked me off. And then and then it's weird because in recent times politics, there's another woman out there that's starting to remind me of her on her bad sides. Uh, it's it's really weird sometimes when I see these parallels from one party to the next. Because I mean, you know, Condoleezza is obviously uh, a Republican, and the person I'm talking about now is obviously a Democrat, and I'm just kind of confused because they're so close together. Uh, it's weird. I'll talk about that this Saturday, guys. But it's it's a weird, weird thing. And there's a couple of politicians I see like this. It's it's almost like they're they're just acting like they're on that party side. I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's just weird. <laughs> but anyway, I'll save it for a, 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 another show. Uh, I'm gonna bring bring it on Stephanie and Jill with us in a few minutes. They're uh, hostess hostesses. <laughs> Damn, <laughs> they host Perspective X that follows the show. In about 20 minutes, they're going to be joining us in just a few minutes. Uh, we're just going to be hanging out, chit-chatting. By the way, I know y'all, I see a lot of questions coming in. Anything serious, guys? I mean, I see a lot of goofy stuff coming across. Uh, oh, um, who is this? Brian from Newport asks, uh, oh, what do you think will be the normal show this year? Oh no, that's a that's a kind of goofy question, but I'll ask Karen. Well, it's it's always hard to say. I mean, there are a lot of really good ones. Uh, I seem to be very bad at judging what's <laughs> going to hit for this year. <laughs> I actually, you know, for all of the talk that I've done in the past about media, and I'm really fascinated with how these things are presented in the media. I don't really watch much TV, so it's an interest of mine, but I don't have a lot of time to be. And I, we don't even have cable, right? so if it's not on Netflix, I don't really see much of it. Yeah, you know it's funny you say it because um, we don't watch much TV. Um, usually, if I watch anything, it's night. It's stuff I recorded today, like like average night. I'm gonna go get in bed around eleven midnight, and I'll probably watch an hour or two of TV. Something I recorded last night. It was Big Bang. God knows what it'll be tonight. Fifty <laughs> Star Trek could be any damn oh. thing. And uh, but that's about all the TV I get. Linda's the only one that watches the news in the house. I'll get most of my news. I'll, I'll read it myself because I just I got so so such a disdain for CNN and Fox and and NBC yeah. now that I just I don't feel like I can trust them anymore. And, well, uh, I'll tell uh, you one thing that I think should be the best TV show, and it's the old Discover Channel, A Haunting. It's called A Haunting, and that was fantastic. They did reshins of true stories of haunted houses and demonic possessions and all of these things. And it was really beautifully done. The, the recreations were really good. They had interviews with the actual people. And they would, like, they'd recreate the whole story so you could sort of watch it happening. But it wasn't the kind of thing where they, they'd, you know, show it, they'd run a camera in a haunted house and hope something Hello? happens. Hey, Joe. They, um, yeah, no, no, I'll have to check on it, too, no. myself. Yeah, we're here. Hey, what you doing? I, I was just letting Karen finish what she was saying before I said hi. Uh, any time I bring you in, I just ignore you. I'll ask Stephanie. She'll tell <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even speak. I've been on the line, and I didn't even speak. <laughs> yeah, you'll, get, you'll get used to it, because usually we, what we started doing the last few weeks is we usually will bring all on, on the other hosts on the network on Wednesday night so they can all plug their shows, because... We noticed with Stephanie and Teresa's show when we started doing it, their audience is almost doubled within, what, two, three weeks, Stephanie? And, uh, and it works really well, so we started doing that in the past. But, ladies and gentlemen, I have Stephanie on with us from Perspective X and from News on the Flip Side. Uh, Jill's also with us. Jill, how you doing? 
I am doing fine. How are you all doing? We're, we're doing. Karen's a little crazy tonight, but I'm okay. You know, I'm a little crazy. Come on. <laughs> actually, <laughs> I'm cold. <laughs> actually, she, she's been being all nice and sweet tonight. I've been a little on the strange side, but uh, Karen, he 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 says it every week on News on the Flip Side that I'm losing my mind, and he's always losing <laughs> his mind. They say you're the evil one, though, Stephanie, and I'm the sweet one, which, by the way, oh, of course. you need to I'm keep evil. that going. Yes, and that's right. I'm sweet. Y'all, I'm, I'm sweet like vanilla fudge. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard anybody compare themselves to vanilla fudge. Especially you know, a man. Have... Especially a man, though, you know? <laughs> vanilla fudge. Okay. Anyway, we're just going to leave that alone altogether there. Um, oh, wait, I lost my whole train of damn <laughs> That's what we do. We we have a plan here. We're going to derail you. I see that. But anyway, uh, Karen, I don't know if you've actually formed, I mean, okay, Jill, Karen, Dolan, Jill. Hi, Jill. Uh, Hi, Karen. And because uh, she's, she's, she's hosting Perspective X with, with Stephanie Bonatti, and I don't know if you have all met. Some good time for all the hosts to meet together. Because uh, we do a lot of fun shows, and by the way, ladies and gentlemen, we, we like doing it because it introduces our different hosts, our different audiences on the networks. Because obviously, I have a UFO on the cover has a very unique audience, just like News on the Flipside does. Uh, all the shows tend to, so it's good to let everybody get to know each other. And you never know what you're missing until you come check out one of the hosts, or like oh, that, sure. I, that the other guy who says he's too sexy for radio. I'm not sure who the hell that is, but <laughs> it, it's um, hey, I mean. It's better than doing TV. Mm. Oh, well, hey, all three of y'all on y'all, all three female hosts. You know, we've been getting a lot of requests for uh, video feeds because everybody knows now because you know we broadcast on UStream and, and Live 365 and some of the other feeds, uh, which all carry video streams. And I'm like, really now? I said, you know, I did TV in the past with with the radio TV, I should say. And uh, I don't know. I'm not really into it. <laughs> Something it's a and weird I don't concept. Have, and I don't have to put makeup on. I can just put my ugly mug on there with my beard and all, and I'm good to go. So, uh, you know, I always think about, man, do you really want to have to worry about looking good for an hour or two in front of a bunch of people? Get in and tell us what y'all think, ladies and gentlemen. I, no, I don't yeah, think. I do my show in my pajamas. No. Usually I do, too. So. Oh, I'm not doing webcam. Yeah, I, I, I have sweatpants <laughs> on. I have sweatpants and I think a, a like a white beater, you know, like a white undershirt. So <laughs> I don't think it's appropriate for for TV. Yeah, now I got to start dressing for my show. I don't think so. Really, really? I'm wearing bad hair days too. too. Oh, bad hair days just suck. Yeah, that's why I'm in radio, guys. Come on. Oh, that means I have to be <laughs> puffing down my bald head so it don't shine and shit. No, <laughs> not me, guys. I'm sorry. We're, we're just going to have to leave that alone. And It's radio. That's why it's called the Paranormal <gasps> Radio Network. I don't see no TV nowhere in there anywhere. Besides, you know, I've got to be honest say, about this. Okay. I, a while ago, a month or two back, I saw another radio program, and I cannot remember whose it was. But I saw one of these radio shows where they did a video feed, and it was this guy sitting at his desk with his headphones on, and he had the mic kind of in front of his face, so I couldn't even see his face that well. And he sat and talked. I mean, it wasn't mm. interesting, guys. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. I would have, like, a zoo running around behind me. Like, Steph has dogs. She'd probably have, like, dogs jumping up. I'd have yeah, my cats, have like, passive, flying across. I have a passive dog laying right next to me, and anyone... Actually, this would make good 
good visual because this guy, he's gorgeous and he's laying there just pet. He's waiting. He's saying, all right, she's going to be on the phone for an hour and I'll wait. Yeah, very nice. So this would be sweet. Aw. I'd be grabbing Stephanie's dogs by the tail and, and dusting my wooden floors with them. <laughs> Mine are too little to do that. I'd use them for that. But, hey, yours are plenty big enough, Stephanie, to go hairy dogs. I gigantic, though. I have two, at least 100, 125 pounds, uh, e- each one. So oh. my dogs are huge. Then I'd have them tied to the P-Rog, pulling me down the levee, doing a little cage and surfing and stuff. They, uh, that's why I don't have big dogs anymore. Well, I actually can't have them where I live anyway. It's just our apartment. Jesus. They would be uh, if I do it, if I do it, Joe, I do it big. That's the way I do it. They, um, I used to have some nice big dogs, but no, not now. Now I got my little babies, which one's behind me on my sleep and one's in front of me asleep. Uh, actually, they've been going, being good tonight. They, they didn't want to get on the air for some reason. Their name has waned this evening for some reason. <laughs> the uh, the little brown one is famous. I mean, he's been on the air as much as y'all have been. Uh, in the early days, when we first got him, he thought. Going in the air meant he was on the radio. I used oh. to have I used to have a little red sign I'd put on, you know, so everybody could see I was on the air. Don't bother me. Oh no, the dog instant sign went up. What the hell, man? What is this about? <laughs> but why well, I got y'all here, ladies, um, uh, Jill, Stephanie, whoever wants to answer it, uh, tell us a little bit about the show that's going to be following us tonight and things y'all have planned in the immediate future. Uh, I'll let Jill. Jill. Yeah. We have uh, actually just put up the website. It's still a work in progress, but in case you want to put a face to the name and find out a little bit more of rocker chick Steph and country chick me, uh, you can go to perspectivex.info and you can learn a little bit more, and it will have the archives to the shows listed there. We've come up with quite a variety of topics that we're going to be covering with relationships, and this week it's going to be a little lighter. We're going to do What Would You Do Taboo and just present some moral and ethical dilemma questions and toss them around. And I think Stephanie brings a really unique perspective to the table uh, based on her personal experiences, and we have a lot of similarities, but there's enough of a difference where it's definitely an interesting combination, wouldn't you say, Steph? We threw, that, we threw this out there, and we did get a lot of responses uh, to some <laughs> questions, and they really were like moral and ethical uh, just dilemmas, and, and people were just really responsive to really being adamant, I think, no, Joe, to how they yeah, felt they were. about things. So it'll be a really great show next hour yeah and hopefully you know we'll eventually have some people come on and have some interaction and always open to suggestions if there's something that's really pressing amongst your minds out in radio land feel free to we'll include joe on the message (laughs) um but steph and i always willing and able to take suggestions and uh very interesting stuff coming down the pike well, I got to say, I enjoyed it last week. I thought it was a lot of fun. Uh, 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 of course, you know, I got a bunch of crazy friends and crazy relationships. <laughs> they, uh, Who I do, it, too. Who hasn't? Uh, 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 some of them are just insane. I have no idea how they even talk to each other. But, of course, you know, there's always those Internet relationships. Those are interesting ones, too. Um, the other guy, they, I, I listened to a guy today talk about his Internet wife for the last five years. On, have on, they ever met? On a, I said, I said, no, they had never met. 
uh, you know, internet intercourse, internet, the whole everything. Now they're talking about having an internet baby. I'm like, excuse me. Wow. I'm God. like, what kind of drugs are you on? And you should be sharing with everybody because apparently they're on something. <laughs> I'm listening to these two talk, and, and you, they sound like a couple, like you would meet, you know, that that just a couple. You know, they've been living together. You can even tell they spent so much time talking to each other that they're reactionary to each other, like most couples that have been together a few years are. And um, but no, they've never met in person. Uh, they've never had any kind of physical contact. Uh, and I should say real physical contact. And somehow or another now, somehow they're going to conceive an Internet baby. And, and they said they're going to stay like this because they're so happy that this is how they're going to they're be. Okay. Right. <laughs> well, wait, wait. It gets better. They actually have a real marriage certificate. They checked it out. According to the state they live in, they're married. I'm like, well, wait. They had a video wedding. <laughs> oh. I, I, is that even legal? I mean, come the hell on. Actually, I've heard of people videotaping and, and live feeding their weddings. Yeah, but I could see to, that. To actually get married no. online, no. Kind of at a loss I for guess, that. I could, I could see that. Like if somebody's in the military, they're stationed overseas. And yeah, something like that. They yeah. really, really want to get married. I, I might get killed tomorrow. Yeah, I could. It's weird, but it's kind of cool that we could do it. I could see them doing it over Skype so, or something. All the guests the internet are baby, I, I can't get that. What What is an internet baby? I, 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 that one, I, I'm, and wait, they're going to they're gonna recap it soon, so I'll let you all know. I, and I ran into this by accident. It was why I couldn't turn it off. I was like watching a train wreck. I was like, oh, what? They're doing what? And wait, what? <laughs> Maybe it's kind of like when you breed dogs and you have to send, or breed animals, I should say, and you have to send um, the goods of, of the vine through the mail <laughs> to the receiver. <laughs> They're breeding. Oh, you know, that's interesting you said that because I read an article. At first I read an article I always thought was more, but they found, uh, it was, what is it, eight human frozen heads, and they were seized, but actually they weren't supposed to be seized because they're from, um, they're heads that were being sent back to the U.S. to be cremated cremated for something they were doing in Europe with them. I didn't know we loaned Europe American heads, but anyway, when I had it was just weird and morbid. Well, so anyway, the uh, the government seized them and then found out they, they were legit and sent them on. And then in the, in the same container load they seized, uh, it was altogether 800 gallons of sperm. You're kidding me. I'm like, okay, I, I can't even fathom 800 gallons. I'm sorry. I, it, and, when, and I know it's something we shouldn't be talking about tonight, but when I seen it, I was just like, huh? <laughs> and well, then, then I, I, I got to, like, these are, like, little one-ounce shots or something. I mean, what the hell are we talking about here? Or oh, just like, when, you know, I, oh, don't worry, oh, Steph. I'm going to send you the article for Saturday's show. Oh, Lord. He's going to want to discuss it on Saturday. <laughs> they, um, you know, lucky was, uh, you, Steph. Lucky you. Oh, I know, I know. I, I, I feel like I need to take a shower right now. <laughs> I did too after I read the article. Matter of fact, I think I went to the damn article. I, I just have so many things going through my mind, and none of them are good. Listening to just, how that possibly just, came to be. You just gotta wonder, though. I mean, what the hell? First off, I don't even know where it was coming from, which bothers me. Then I'm thinking, why do we need to import that? There's a lot of guys in the United States. I'm sure that would donate. So I'm just really confused. <laughs> I was just like, uh, uh, come on. And then, then there's a black market for the stuff? Get the hell out of here. Um, what is this, like some, some jock or maybe some, some Louis Armstrong stuff? I, I'm, you know, 
<laughs> Maybe it was like a sweatshop overseas. I don't know what it Seriously, was. Seriously, if you think about it, I suppose that could be an yeah. explanation. I guess. I mean, there's big demand for it in the U.S. apparently. I mean, I'm just really confused on this whole issue. But, hey, I'll have to do some research on this, and, and we'll talk about this <laughs> in the future. Uh, but I know we're getting close to time, so Jill, Stephanie, y'all hang out with me for a few minutes. Karen, uh, what you up to? What's going on? What's coming on? <laughs> well, uh, this we want- Friday, I'm going to be talking with author Richard Thomas from the U.K. about his new book, Paranormal. That sounds fun. Yeah, subtitled UFOs, Ghosts, Conspiracy, Cryptids, and More. So that's right up my alley, actually, of all the things I've been saying people should be looking into altogether instead of specializing in one or another. So it's mm-hmm. mm-hmm. pretty I'll be, cool. Yeah, I'll be, I'll be waiting to hear that. Oh, uh, somebody wrote yeah. in to you earlier. Uh, Eve wrote in to you earlier. She was from Buffalo, New York, and she wanted to know if you were a witch witch. Yes. And, and yeah, and, and yeah. No, to the other person who just wrote that, no, a witch witch, meaning a witch, you know, never mind. <laughs> Karen knew what I was well, talking about. Apparently, y'all green, just, but I do have a black cat, so. so. Apparently, whoever this was just missed what we were saying, but um, no, she's actually said that on other shows, guys. Yeah. Yeah. For anybody gets any ideas, no. It, we've actually discussed witchcraft on several shows, actually, uh, and probably will hear on the network in the future again. Also, ladies and gentlemen, look forward to the new improved PRN website. I uh, know the Paranormal Radio Network is not going away, but the new site, the old site will always be there, just like the old iCloud site is always there. But uh, the new site will be UPRN 107.7 out of New Orleans because we'll be officially changing numbers here in about two weeks. And um, that will be the new site, cleaner, brighter, faster, a uh, little bit more organized, a little bit more thing. And I really wanted to put the venues where you can find this up a little easier um, because it, it, it's kind of jumbled around right now, you know, everybody's got their favorite server they like to listen to us on, so I want to just make that easier in general uh, for the listening audience. And also, yes, we are on YouTube now. We're broadcasting live on YouTube right now. You can go over to YouTube and listen to us live. Uh, it's the UFO Paranormal Room on YouTube. You can check us out there. <coughs> uh, come hang out, see what you like, see who your favorite ufologist is. Uh, but it doesn't matter because all the shows are broadcasted live on YouTube as well. Now, and there is a chat room there as well. So uh, you can go out there, hang out, invite your friends over, view some of the other stuff. And get this, YouTube keeps 24-hour clips of us now. So they run the station for 24 hours and they stop and they turn it into an archive. So you're gonna actually going to be actually over the next year, you'll actually be able to go back and find us in 24-hour segments and just listen for the whole day, whatever you want to listen to by going fast forward. And that. Very interesting in itself. But on that note, we're going to get out of here tonight, guys and girls. I hope everyone enjoyed the show tonight. Ladies, all thanks for coming to hang out with me. Until next week, people, have some fun. Smile. It's not the end of the world. We just got past that. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs>